Hello and welcome to a new episode of Mold Talks Industry number three. And today we are talking about games as a service or life services as they um, love to call it now because apparently games as a service was already um, <clears throat> problematic for a lot of people because they were not so happy about it. So let's talk a little bit about what is games as a service, where is this idea is coming from, why is this idea actually pretty good, but horrible executed. So yeah, let's do that in this episode. And the very first question is of course, what is a games as a service? What is a live service? Does it mean it has to be an online multiplayer game? The answer is pretty simple. No. Um, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, uh, for a matter of a fact, is a game as a service. And as you probably know, Assassin's Creed Odyssey doesn't really have a multiplayer. So no, it doesn't have to be a multiplayer. But what does it actually mean? Well, the thing is, game as a service is not really new. Games as a service exist for the last 20 years at least. Like it's not like that Ubisoft, EA, and all the big all the big AAA publishers just came up with the idea. That idea was out there for many many years and actually is coming from the MMOs. The MMOs first came up with this, where you were paying your money to or paying them the money, your money, to get the game, then you are paying a subscription. And because of that money, it is possible to give you new content every few, few months, giving you new expansions, which you have to pay, of course, for again. And free-to-play MMOs took it then a step further that they said, okay, there is no subscription here, but we are basically financing the game, new updates, new contents, patches, and all the other stuff which is coming along with that through microtransactions, through the item shops. And what AAA developers and publishers now did is they took that idea and put that, put that into games, in single-player games, which are not MMOs at all. And the idea itself is not bad. The idea is basically you pay your 60 bucks, you have a finished game, then over the course of the month you are getting more and more patches and thanks to the new patches, to the new content, there's also an item shop in place which should, theoretically, push you into the direction to buy something in this item shop so that they then can use the money to finance that game, to give it more patches throughout the years and they don't really have to release a new game every year and they can just run a game for many, many years. And the idea is actually pretty cool. Uh, let me give you a wonderful example of where it works really well and that is Rainbow Six Siege from Ubisoft. Um, Rainbow Six Siege was one of these games where you paid into it with your 60 bucks and then they had an item shop there and thanks to the item shop and to um, the money the community spent they had enough to push the game further, release new patches, release new operators, release new maps, release new game modes and so on and so forth. Like They could run this game now for many many years to come thanks to the item shop and when you hear that you say Hey, that's pretty cool, isn't it? Like, you have a game you really love. Like, it doesn't matter if it is a single-player game or a multiplayer game, but you have a game you really, really love and like, and you are just getting, for the same game, patches and patches and new content, so you don't really have to, like, go out there and buy a game every new year, every uh, every time it completely resets and 
put everything of your achievements back to zero. Like that doesn't happen anymore with games as a service. And when you hear that, that is such a great idea. It's actually fantastic. And I would love to see more games doing this. And this brings us now to the but and the whole problem of the situation. There now has been games and a lot of publishers who push the envelope to say, okay, folks, what can we do to cut costs to make more money from the item shop, which goes directly into our pockets or the pockets of our shareholders? And what can we do to cut the costs of the game, but still making all the money from that game and gaining all the benefits on our end. So right now the balance is pretty clear where the publishers and developers are basically reaping all the benefits of this MMO model, this games as a service, the customer, you, well, you only have um, the bad things you have to take care of. And let me give you a few examples that you know what we are talking about. First, the idea of you getting a finished product. Now, patch culture is nothing new. Patch culture actually started in the gaming industry when the internet became bigger and bigger, right? Everyone had internet, everyone had somewhat stable connections, and patching became more or less the norm because, well, developers realized, eh, if something breaks, we can fix it later. But with games as a service, we see more and more the situation coming up that you are getting games which have nothing. They are as bare bones as they get. And there are tons of games which came out in the last few years. We have, well, Anthem, one of the uh, newest games which are completely bare bone. We had Sea of Thieves, we had The Division 1, um, and many, many other games which are coming out and they are like as bare bones as it gets. And you ask yourself, wait a second, why did I just pay 60 bucks? For what? And this is the first very big problem because they realized pretty quickly, wait a second, we could just cut half of the production cost if we just take one or two years to make a game, releasing it, and then instead of just giving new content to the game, we are just fixing the issues which there are so that people later on can say, oh my god, look how good the game became. I hear that very often with a lot of uh, games as a service game where people are saying, oh my god, have you heard of Rainbow Six Siege, For Honor, or Sea of Thieves? Yeah, the game became really good. It's fantastic now. It's, it's, it's a real game. It's a lot of fun behind this. No Man's Sky, wonderful example. Uh, well, No Man's Sky doesn't really have an item shop, so it doesn't it doesn't really count in that regard. But just, just as an example of when people are talking about, oh my god, look at the game, how good it became. And the thing is, this is all calculated. This is not like, this is a fault by design, because they realize it is easier to just fix the game and put the game you had intended to put in the game from the be begin with, instead of just coming up with new ideas, because these new ideas normally cost more money instead of just implementing the stuff which you have already prepared. It's a little bit of a continuation of the old, hey, we have a DLC coming up. That DLC was already in the game, but we cut it out and we'll release it then to a later point for some extra money. That's basically the evolution of that. They don't really have the DLCs anymore. They're just now patching stuff into the game which was already in the game to begin with but wasn't really finished or they didn't have really the time to plan it completely out and now you're just and 
this is still the idea that you enjoy the content so much then or implement it that you were going to the item shop and then buy the stuff. That's that's the next problem these games now have is that we are starting at the bare bones games, which is well beta or even early access, and then they're slowly implementing the old things they had already in mind from the begin with just for lower cost to cut more costs right to cut more edges and that's the first big problem this game has then the second big problem is that the idea of games as a service was that you're releasing a game and that game will run for a very very long time rainbow six siege wonderful example again um the game is now what four years out i think we're even going close to the five years and ubisoft has absolutely no intention to release a new rainbow six siege as far as we know and that is exactly what was what the idea was as games as a service like using the mmo idea of we are releasing a game and it will be patched and provided with new content for the years to come Reality, though, is that we have seen a lot of games in the recent years where they just released a second game or a third game or a fourth game after a year, and you were just like, wait a second, didn't you want to support the other game for a long time, and now you're releasing a new one and you abandon the old one? Um, that means I invested a lot of money and a lot of time into the other game I really enjoyed, but now you're just abandoning abandoning it, even though it makes a lot of money. And yeah, Ubisoft, even though they have Rainbow Six Siege, which is a prime example of how it's done the right way, they have also other games like Assassin's Creed or The Division, which are not prime examples because they got abandoned. Assassin's Creed Origins was a game a lot of people loved because of the um, Egyptian setting, but now it's completely abandoned and they are completely focusing on Assassin's Creed Odyssey till the next Assassin's Creed is coming out. Or The Division. The Division was a game where there wasn't much of a game at the beginning when it came out. They had to fix it, they had to patch it for the first two years, and then after that two years, they finally released some free content stuff for the Division 1, and now after three years, we have the Division 2, and as much as I enjoy the Division 2, I really love it, um, I think I have over 120 hours already in the game or something, I really, really enjoy it, but because I enjoyed the Division 1, and the Division 2 is just the Division 1.5, it is still the division. It's not really that different. And all the things they added to the division two, they could have just patched that in. That that is something they could have easily patched into the division one, but they decided to move on to the next game. And that is a huge problem. Like they are slowly breaking the system which functioned because nobody tried to screw around with it. And now they are taking parts out of this games as a service system to cut edges, to cut costs, to make more money out of out of a dollar, so to speak. And we are paying the price for that. Um, one of the biggest problems I now see is when a new game is coming out, it costs 60 bucks. We already know there will be microtransactions in because that unfortunately became the norm. But after a month or even after two months, we already have price cuts from 50% or above because publishers have figured out that that 60 
dollar or euro price tag doesn't really matter that much anymore. What matters are the microtransactions so that they can actually say, okay, we are cutting the price by 50% after three weeks. We have seen games which were just three weeks old and they got 50% of their price slashed off and people are like, holy shit, how can they do that? They, they must lose so much money through that. The reality is, yes, at the first glance they do, but thanks to microtransactions and thanks to the whole idea of games as a service, they basically calculate that they're making the money back later. And again, the idea itself is not wrong. I mean, look at free-to-play games like League of Legends, Path of Exile, Warframe. They are all have the games as a service idea. They never screwed with it. They never tried to do some bullshit with it. And it works perfectly. But because now we have publishers which are really thinking about, okay, where can we cut stuff to make it easier for us? the whole construct is slowly falling apart. Uh, one of the biggest things, as I already mentioned it, is would you really invest into a game like hundreds of dollars or euros and hundreds of thousands of hours if you know exactly that this game is getting thrown away even though they pledged it will be a live service game after a year? Like a Call of Duty. Now, Call of Duty is one of these uh, prime examples, unfortunately, where you just know that Call of Duty is a reoccurring game once per year, but now Activision is pledging that Call of Duty is becoming a, a live service. And it's like, no. Y you have a season pass. You have extra DLCs. You have microtransactions in your game. You are paying the $60 fee. And then we all know in a year you will move on to the next game. Yes, of course, there will be some patches and some additions here um, every few years for that game. I know that some people would say, hey, Black Ops 3 is still sometimes getting content. Um, but the problem is just, yeah, that's more like the, um, the exception of the rule. And that is just such a huge, huge problem for a lot of people to, okay, that they slowly think, do I really want to invest in this? Do I really want to invest my money, my time, just so I know that this will go away in just a year? This is, by the way, something which also hold back and killed a lot of MMOs in the past because a lot of people just didn't know anymore will this MMO still exist in a year? How how does the release look like? Okay, the release is completely screwed up. It's a complete clusterfuck. Um, do I really want to invest my time and my money into this? And then if I'm getting unlucky in a year, they're telling me, sorry, we are closing down. Everything you did is basically lost. And... That is something people realized pretty quickly that they just wait and with that they created a cycle because that was exactly what developers feared that people are staying away then they're making not the money and then they're closing down and the player can say ha huh, i knew they would close down because well i nobody played it in the first place and that is something which can happen to single player games that can happen to Assassin's Creed, that can happen to Call of Duty, of course not as quickly as, let's say, with a completely unknown MMO, but the danger is there, that at some point people just realize, okay, wait a second, I can just wait two or three weeks longer 
so that I can get the game for 30 bucks instead of 60. Or I can even wait a year so that I finally get the game I was actually promised to begin with. And then I can also see if people are still playing it and if we are still getting content for it. Hmm. I wonder. Like, th that is the problem, right? The good... And this is one of the good things. People adapting much, much quicker now to new schemes coming from some of the publishers, coming from some of developers. And they're, they're adapting much, much quicker now and they're reacting much, much quicker to that. And, well, we will probably see a new idea coming up from the AAA publishers in a few years if they are screwing too much around with it. And again, like the idea is fantastic. If they wouldn't, if they wouldn't screw around with it, then we wouldn't have the problem. Like people would just enjoy it. They would get content. People who don't have that much money would still get the content because other people are basically paying for them through the microtransactions, through the item shop, right? And mostly it's just cosmetics or they don't really hurt anyone. And that would be much, much more feasible instead of, um, I, for a matter of a fact, enjoyed always the idea of a live, live service more than enjoyed the idea of, hey, here's a $60 game, now pay us another $40 for your season pass, please. Oh yeah, and then we also have some extra DLCs which are not even in the season pass, and you can also pay for that. I never liked really the idea, especially because um, the quality and the amount of content which was in the season pass was kind of laughable in some games. And so the idea of games as a service, which that entails, was always something I enjoyed much, much more. And I really, really hope that some of these publishers are hearing the warning signs and they can see the warning signs and they're backing off screwing with the system and that we can actually enjoy real games as a service as they were mended and not on how can I make a quick buck out of this and damage the whole system. That was it for me. Thank you so much for listening and I hope I see you next time. Till then, bye bye.